around and disregard it. Strip you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong, I'm proud of it, and I guess let's get it started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Strip you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong, I'm proud of it, and I guess let's get it started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grip, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest podcast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now. It's time to sit and relax Get your mind blown away Ain't no skipping this track Have you paying more attention No listening gap Get everything I ever wanted No giving it back Yeah What's up everybody Welcome back To the apron Bump Ice Cat Can you fucking God It's been so many episodes Since I've had my cat It's like when I talk He just feels like Oh I gotta protect you from the mic best jump in front of it like an asshole right just looking at me it's like you know i don't speak spanish um what what are we doing here oh yeah tna total non-stop action and we have a doozy for you not just a doozy a legendary doozy tna unbreakable 2005 you saw the title of this podcast or you saw my post on twitter or instagram or whatever and you're like wow that's the show with the greatest triple threat of all time and it certainly certainly is and we're bringing back the old uh i don't know what you would call it a hybrid style podcast that i typically do for my royal rumble reviews where We'll review the show up until the Rumble and then do a watch along of the Royal Rumble match itself. Well, we're going to do that concept and we're going to implement it here. But in this case, we are going to review the entire show up until the triple threat match. And we will do a watch along of the main event, which is the X Division Championship is on the line. And it's Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles. Versus Samoa Joe. And uh, man, we talk about it a lot. I don't want to be redundant here, but there is just, just the perfect storm of the people involved, where TNA was, the crowd, the atmosphere. It all just made a beautiful, beautiful storm of uh, chaos, innovation, emotion. The commentary was amazing. The crowd was amazing. Like, it, just, it was just all perfect, and we're going to watch it together. So I will put a timestamp in the description of uh, the podcast or the YouTube video, wherever you're watching this, and that will be when we hit play. And we're going to hit play, by the way, on the YouTube version. So Impact actually has this on their YouTube channel, the full match. And I'll, I'll provide a link to that as well in the description I'll also post it on my social media so you have that. But when we get there, I'll hit play. And uh, you can basically queue up the YouTube video of this match. Turn the volume 
either mute it or mute it or just turn it down pretty quiet so you can hear me and my guest's beautiful, beautiful voice give the lyrics to the sweet, sweet music that was this triple threat match. And on uh, the YouTube version, I'll include a, uh, a ticker clock of sorts so you can keep up with it. But yeah, should say the rest of the show is damn good as well. I mean, TNA at this point, late 05, they're approaching their Spike TV deal. Or they already have the deal, but they're approach- approaching their debut on Spike. And um, lots of great things happening. Then talk about it all the time, but we're approaching you know that period where Christian and Sting and the Dudleys and Kurt Angle and all those guys start coming over and then we're off to the races there. But right now, arguably, is peak TNA. Peak TNA is when the X Division, in my opinion, is is when the X Division is at the forefront. And that is absolutely the case here. So a great show overall outside of that legendary main event. But uh, could not have had a better guest to join me on this than Joey from The Angle Podcast. Former guest of this show. Always a good time with Joey. You can check him out at theangleradio.com or on Twitter and Instagram at theangleradio. Um, not Kurt Angle. It's not the Kurt Angle show. It's The Angle Podcast. Joey does interviews, belt reviews, post shows, pre-shows of different pay-per-views and events all across the wrestling world. So really good content from Joey all over the spectrum. So go check him out. A great follow on social media, a really positive voice in the, uh, the wrestling community, which is often needed. Uh, so go check him out, check out his podcast, the angle podcast, YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts and let's get into it. TNA unbreakable 2005 with myself and Joey from the angle podcast. How have you been, man? It's been a while. Man, it's been crazy. I'm good though. <laughs> yeah, you you just had a, a book released. Um, I'm going to. Uh, I wrote a book. I've been writing a book for like three years, and uh, finally got it published, and it's gonna be out in like a few weeks. That's awesome, man. I get yeah. a free copy, right? Yeah, of course. That's the price of admission to get on here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. But yeah, man. So did you get a did you get a chance to watch the show? I did. I did. I've I've seen it before. But yeah. it's been literally, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've watched a TNA pay-per-view five years, maybe a little less than that. Yeah. yeah so, so you did watch, so you have watched it before. Were yeah. you watching like at the time that it was happening? Um, I didn't because I didn't, I don't know, it was 2005, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it live, but I, I had the DVD. I know I had the DVD. Right. Yeah. I... I don't think I've seen this before. It's def- I've def- I've seen the main event before, even though yeah. even then it's been a while. Um, but the rest of the show, I really had no idea what else, what other matches happened on it. <laughs> and honestly, like this show, I mean, it's really known for the main event, but I feel like the rest of the card was solid as hell. What about you? Honestly, this if you look back at the the superstars on the show, and you see them where they are today, it's like it's a legendary pay per view. I mean, you got names like Jeff Hardy, Bobby Roode. You know, it's just. Look at the main event. <laughs> and it's Dude, the talent. I was I was thinking the same thing watching this. Like the talent that TNA had at this point. And this yeah. is like we're not even at the peak because they're they're they just landed the uh, the deal with Spike TV. Yeah. But um, they haven't 
uh, started. They haven't aired impacts on Spike yet. Actually, at this point, they're still airing their impacts on their website, which is crazy. Like, it's almost like because I've been checking out the impacts in between the pay-per-views and stuff. And impacts are definitely very uh, like an afterthought. Like they're kind of formatted like, uh, I don't know, like mid 90s wrestling where it'd be like squash matches and maybe a promo here and there. But that's what impact was at this point. But we're definitely like gearing up to where it becomes like a major thing when it comes to spike where did you check it out but when did you start watching tna i guess is the question um honestly i started watching tna right after christian cage uh went over from wwe to to right. tna so that's pretty so close to this around point. that time because i think and it really got heavily involved when kurt, when kurt angle went yeah because this show is in september and I think Christian gets there, I want to say like December, maybe yeah. January. So we're, we're, we're about there. I guess it's that kind of aligns. So I'm kind of the same way. I, I checked it out like pretty soon after they went to Spike. So yeah, definitely worked for them. Getting a lot of people watching, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, but what's inter- interesting about this is I didn't realize that this is the only Unbreakable until 2019. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I was looking it up and... The uh, Unbreakable 2005 was the only one that came mm. up. So yeah, yeah. It's um. I guess originally it was uh kind of framed as like a tribute show for 9/11 because this happens on 9/11. Yeah. Uh, what four four years I guess after, um, which is pretty cool I suppose. None that they didn't go too heavy with like the uh the tribute, but they definitely noticed noted it in the beginning and a little bit throughout. But um. Yeah, I guess overall, so I get so what we'll be doing here. And I'm sure I'll probably mention this in the intro, but we're gonna cover the show, and then check out the main event as a watch along. But everything up to the main event, overall thoughts of the show. Um, it flowed on for if you look like comparing it to what we have today, it flowed really well. And like I said, having all those guys yeah. on there that you know, having our truth, Ron Killings on there, and seeing him in like a serious place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It just it, it's it's kind of a, a nice uh, refresh, like to why we love or why I love pro wrestling, really. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to see. I guess not that crazy because our truth has been going at it for a long time, even though it doesn't seem like it's considering how young that dude still looks. Yeah. Um, but he's in the opening match here, so we got a six man tag to start the show. Got the three live crew, which is uh, Road Dog, Conan, and our truth, versus the Diamonds in the Rough which is a faction comprised of David Young, Skipper. Felix Skipper, <laughs> and Simon Diamond. So this, I mean, this match is pretty much a squash. I mean, the three live crew wins in what, like four minutes or something? Yeah, it's not, it's um, not long at all. <laughs> it's so fun because like if you watch this like you did, like kind of in a vacuum, you might think like, oh, they just threw six random guys out there just to kind of warm up the crowd. Yeah. But both these like teams have had like so much buildup for like months. Like Three Life Crew, they had this whole thing. So because Road Dog's a part of it, right? And then they were a faction. And then Billy Gunn joined TNA, so that kind of created a riff. And Ron Killings and Conan were like, "Oh, where's your alliance? Who's your allegiance to?" And that lasted like months. Yeah. And then ultimately, it was just like Road Dog was like. No, I'm gonna stick with you guys, and that's that's all that happened. And now we're just back to square one, like it never happened. So, and then Diamonds in the Rough is a uh, a faction of Simon Diamond, who I guess is a, a veteran in wrestling. I haven't really heard much about him outside of this. Yeah, uh, David Young, 
who his whole character was he never wins. Like he had like a two year losing streak or something. Yeah. And then you have Elix Skipper who kind of got lost in the shuffle ever since he did that walk in the cage spot. So it's kind of like a three guys who weren't really finding success, but they come together and for whatever yeah. reason it works. Yeah. Uh, except it doesn't because they lost pretty uh, <laughs> substantially pretty in this match. <laughs> um, so yeah, like the finish comes when Conan comes in. He gets the hot tag. He does all the, the rolling clotheslines. He's bouncing all over the place. Um, he clotheslines Simon Diamond, takes his shoe off, throws it at David Young, and then hits the K-Factor face buster onto Young for the win. So uh, honestly, my favorite part of this was the intro with Conan and Road Dog, yeah. like the typical, like, where are my dogs at? Ooh, ooh, and that <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on, on that? I wish today's generation of like wrestling fans knew like Conan back then, like knew how good he was. Yeah. And even, even uh road dog. I mean, road dog was able to adapt with literally anything that he had mm-hmm. and made it work. Yeah. And it was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kind of rekindling the, uh, I don't know if you remember the, uh, did they have a name? It was K quick and road dog. I don't know if they had a name, but they were a team in WWF. Yeah. Um, so obviously they have a little bit of chemistry and in Conan, it works. I think it yeah. works as an act, but, um, and you got Ron Killings in there too, kind of, you know. He's looks the, the same. A little bit. <laughs> looks the <A> same. <laughs> <laughs> does a few more splits. He does yeah. like, a, I don't know if he does it in this match, but he, sometimes he'll do like a split off the top rope. It's like, how's your gooch still intact at this yeah. point? But the questions we ask. But our truth, gold. <laughs> he's a treasure. But after that, they, uh, they do a little recap of the pre show. Um, and basically, Monty Brown comes out. He interrupts a match of two jobbers. Who cares? Um, gives them both the pounce, throws them out, grabs the mic and is like, uh, I challenge the winner of the world title match later at Bound for Glory. And this brings out Jeff Jarrett, who, of course, was none too pleased with this because he wants a title shot, I'm sure. Yeah. Jarrett and Monty, because they've been kind of an alliance, like kind of have a loose alliance the past couple months. Um, and Jarrett, Jarrett's like, yeah. you're in my ring. <laughs> and Monty Brown's like, no, you're in my Serengeti. Like, that's so great. <laughs> and Monty takes his silk shirt off and then Kip James intervenes for some reason to try to keep the peace. I get there. The, the three of them are kind of a, a trio of yeah. sorts, but, um, but then Jeff Hardy comes out. This is like the, the characters that are involved, like so much star power here. Um, Jeff Hardy comes out. I guess he also wants a part of the title picture. So him and Jarrett start going at it. And this pretty much all kind of sets up what I believe is the main event of bound for glory, which is like, isn't it some sort of gauntlet match or multi-man match? Yeah. But, um, I think Rhino is a part of that too. So pretty much all that amounts to, I guess. Um, and then Mike Tanay notes that Jarrett came out in his ring gear for that promo. So a little foreshadowing, I guess, to the later in the show. But man, after that, Roderick Strong versus Austin Aries. What a I had a uh, <laughs> dude. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this is good. Show. It was billed as an X Division showcase, but in reality, it's a Ring of Honor showcase. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think? I mean, this match is a banger. I thought I didn't know, like knowing Roderick Strong today, I wasn't necessarily like so familiar with him then. Mm-hmm. 
knowing that it was like the Ring of Honor. I was younger then, so I really wasn't into like Ring of Honor and all the other companies. It was more like WWE and you see TNA come up, and that's when I really started paying attention to TNA. So I wasn't mm-hmm. like too familiar with everybody, like as I was with WWE. So Roderick, this match to me was kind of just like, like you said, an X division match. Like I didn't really, mm-hmm. I wasn't really invested in it. Now knowing those two guys, excellent right. match. I mean, it's one you could watch all the time and just be like, like in awe. Like Roderick Strong is still going, you know, now holding, you know, holding a cruiserweight title. He's been yeah. successful everywhere for so long. Yeah, and Roddy Strong's another guy that's like just as good now as he was then. Yep, looks even and better. He's in way better shape now than he yeah, was here, course. which is amazing. <laughs> um, and Austin Aries too. I mean, yeah, not a big fan of his facial hair. No, but, it was uh, a little weird. <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of red flags when it comes to Austin Aries, but that's a whole that's, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast in itself. Um, but I don't know if you're aware of this, so. Roderick Strong and Austin Aries, they were actually a tag team in Ring of Honor called Generation Next. Yeah. Um, and they were a pretty big tag team at the time. So clearly these guys have great chemistry with each other. And I believe, because there's at some point where Ring of Honor and TNA, like there's like a, a line in the sand drawn where like there's like exclusive contracts. So basically you have to pick ROH yeah. and TNA. You can't like flip flop back and forth like a lot of guys did at this point. Um but it gave us this match, which, again, I mean, I think maybe overshadowed by the main event. Maybe it's why it doesn't get talked about as much. But both yeah. these guys, um, the crowd was super into it. I mean, there's one point where Aries goes for his uh, his running drop kick in the corner, but Strong catches him. And then, like, he gives him a backbreaker, then picks him up. Like, this dude's, yeah. I mean, that's his last name is Strong, like, obviously. <laughs> but he, like, picks him up in, like, a gorilla press, and then just tosses him in the corner like just a brutal spot um sickening chops from both guys throughout the match uh towards the end roddy hits a uh, pump handle backbreaker followed by a fireman's carry gut buster and then a running boot i mean the crowd every move that was hit they're like oh yeah. oh like it was one of those fight forever matches it really was even though it wasn't super long but i mean it was a sprint for sure but at the end Aries hits the brain buster followed by a 450 for the win. And uh, yeah, this is definitely a match that is a uh, TNA. They're kind of getting away from the legends. Like 2004, yeah. they were bringing in like Jimmy Snuka and Roddy Piper and all that shit. Just trying to get known. Yeah. Exactly. Trying to make a name for themselves. But I think they're at this point kind of leaning towards gearing towards the hardcore fan base, the ring of honor kind of fans and kind of establishing that as their identity, which to me, it was a good call. Yeah, absolutely. I think they could have even gone farther with it, but then you get, like you said, you get Kurt Angles and Christian Cages and Stings, and then they kind of went in the other direction. But yeah, you, get, you get like Mick Foley. I mean, I'm, the list is just endless. Mick Foley was <laughs> a world champion in what, like 2009? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> way too late in his career for him to be a world champion. But And Ric Flair. Don't forget Ric Flair. Him, him and Ric Flair going at it. And I try Hogan. to. Yeah, I try every day to forget about Ric Flair and <laughs> Hulk Hogan. What do you have a match like five years ago in TNA? Yeah, but uh, yeah, really great match there. And then after that, we get something a little bit different. So we got a tag team match: Apollo and Lance Hoyt versus Kip James and Monty Brown. Man, what do you think about seeing Lance Archer here? Uh, was it 15, 16 years? Go. I I remember watching this match years ago, like watching this pay per view, and now watching it like back now, 
Uh-huh. I had no idea who that was. Right. And yeah. until I watched this back a few like a few yesterday, I had no idea. Yep. Tramp stamp, like, give it away. Crap. He's he was around that long. Like <laughs> Dude's been going at it. Yeah. It's like it's funny, like, so this match is kind of like the the young up and comers versus the veterans, I guess. Yeah. Um, because you got Billy Gunn and Monty Brown, who hadn't been wrestling that long, but he was kind of older. I think he's like what 36, 37 here. Um versus Apollo on the other side who never really he had a good look and that was pretty much the end of it like i don't even yeah. know if he spoke english i think he's from puerto rico um i haven't heard him cut a promo that's why i'm assuming but and then obviously lance hoyt who's just kind of getting started here straight hair less tattoos but yeah other than that looks pretty similar piercings going on there oh yeah hoytamania <laughs> hoytamania man is running wild exactly um but it's funny here i was watching this match i was like oh it's kind of like because like Lance Hoyt and Billy Gunn started it off. It's like, oh, it's kind of the the old veteran passing the torch to the younger guy. But now yeah. they're both just a part of AEW and they kind of feel like on the same yeah. level, which is interesting how how time works sometimes. Um, I guess Billy Gunn at this point, he can't be. He's probably not that old, I guess. But um, no, I mean, 2005, I mean, he must. What is he now? He's in his 50s now. I think so. I yeah. think so. That was around but the time that he started doing the beautiful people stuff. Yeah, we're not too far away from that. We're, yeah. we're almost at VKM, I believe. I think that's maybe a year from now or so. Yeah. Um, and then it's what? Cute Kip? Was that his name? Something like that. I remember it was something Kip. Kip Sop. I think that's his actual last name. I think he uses it. Um, really a douchey last name, so I like it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and Monty Brown, dude. I could, I could talk about Monty Brown all day. What, what are your thoughts on Monty Brown? Underrated. Yeah, it's Underrated. uh, it's crazy how he didn't become a bigger deal. Maybe he got started yeah. too late. Monty Brown was in like the the ECW, right? He came to Marcus Corvon. As uh, he was a part of the the new breed. Yeah, it was like him, Elijah Burke, Kevin Thorne, and yeah. Um, why am I blinking? That Matt Striker. <laughs> what what a, what a cast of characters. Hey, they had a WrestleMania match. <laughs> They did. That's a, that's incredible. That's a thing. Um, but yeah, this match is what it is. Monty Brown is probably the guy that stole the show from me in this one. I mean, every every move he does just looks like it hurts. Yeah. Like he's so good at like like the way he walks. He walks like because I guess his character he's like from the jungle, so he's like very tribal and how he moves around and hits people. Yeah. Just he does it so well. And then um, so towards the end. Uh, Lance Hoyt does a moonsault and this time does not land on his head. I was going to say. <laughs> um, goes for the pin afterwards, but Kip James pulls him out. Um, or Monty, Monty Brown pulls him out and then takes him out on the outside. And then Monty Brown gets on the apron and then holds Apollo by the arms so that Kip can hit him. But Apollo evades and Kip James accidentally hits Monty Brown, knocks him off the apron. Uh, Apollo hits a super kick for a good two counts. I thought that was going to be the finish. Yeah. Um, Apollo then goes for the TKO onto Kip, but Monty Brown's back, saves him, hits Apollo with the pounce for the win. You get a pounce on a pay-per-view, that's that's the price right there. <laughs> you got your money's worth. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, what would you think about this match? Um, one of those matches on the card I wasn't too, like, it was one of those whatever matches for me, just because I wasn't invested in the characters. I was always... A fan of uh, Ass Man, Billy Gunn. So, <laughs> yeah. 
to see like this kind of transformation into Kip in uh, in TNA was a little strange, but I mean, I got used to it, but yeah, it is what it is. It, decent match. Like you said, Monty Brown, uh, star MVP of that match, hands down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Kip, uh, he came in as the New Age Outlaw. Yeah. And then became the Outlaw, and then became Kip James. And then he becomes cute Kip. He, he is, he's a man of many faces, I guess. He, he did everything. He does, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, then we go backstage to Team Canada. So Team Canada is involved in, I believe, three matches on this card. So we got two singles matches and a tag match. So everyone's back there. Eric Young's freaking out about, you know, him and a one are teaming later and they got to face two other team or three other teams. It's going to be six on two and, and the referee's American. So he's going to screw us out of it. And then PD Williams is like, you got to calm down. And then PD's like, he points to a one who's this big jacked up muscle meathead. Yeah. He's like, you're no longer just a bodyguard. You got to earn your keep here. And then Bobby Roode comes in and pretty much steals the promo. says that, uh, Jeff Hardy, who he's going to face later, is nothing but a half-baked nut job. And he's going to be Canadianized. Canadianized. What do you think Canadianized means? It can mean a lot of things. <laughs> Maple syrup on your nipples or... Uh, Canadianized. Man, bag of milk wrapped around your neck. It, may, it could be a whole thing. It could be something really good or really bad. I mean... Depending on how you say it. Depending on what your kinks are. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Team Canada. Any Team Canada memories? Were you a fan of them? Um, I was just because I was a fan of the Un-Americans in WWE. Mm, and it was right. sort of kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like that they committed to it more than Un-Americans, yeah. I think. Yeah, they had more of a, of a I guess, legitimacy towards to it. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they come out to the Canadian national anthem, for yeah. God's sakes. Yeah, it, it wasn't as it wasn't like a, a theatrical WWE product. It was what it would be if it was real. That's what I right. loved about TNA. Yeah, it just gave this authenticity to like every character. It was just real. Yeah, in WWE, it was more like here, a couple guys that we don't have any plans for. Oh, hey, they happen to be not American. Let's make let's call exactly. them the Un-Americans. Yeah. But here it was like four guys. They felt like a unit, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't like what they do in WWE with like Rusev, Wade Barrett. Oh, uh, the uh, Alberto. The League of Nations. The League of Nations. <laughs> all right. If we're ranking all of those, the League of Nations is way, way, way. Let's like blow my desk here. Yeah, like, like that's yeah. that's how they do it. And then you get these guys in TNA. Yeah. TNA did some things better than WWE, yeah. I guess. Yes. But they always have, though. Even Impact Today does it like, a lot of things better. I don't think they get the credit they deserve. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Certain things. Yeah. Uh, namely, the X Division, which absolutely now and definitely back then, um, which is the next match. So we got Petey Williams versus Chris Sabin. Um, and so this was initially supposed to be Chris Sabin versus Shocker. Do you have any recollection of Shocker? No. <laughs> from the McDonald's commercial? You don't remember the McDonald's commercial with Shocker? No. McDonald's commercial, that, that's what commentary would nail into your head if you're watching Impact. With Wait, the, you mean the, the McDonald's commercial? Yeah, yeah, the McDonald's commercial. Yeah, I knew it, I knew it clicked in your head. 
But shocker, I guess he he was big in CMLL, and they brought him over. But like nobody knew who this guy was. Like yeah. his whole reveal, it was supposed to be a big deal, but everybody was like, "What? Who is this guy?" And he was just another guy. Like he wasn't particularly impressive. He just happened to be, you know, from a different country. So I guess he's interesting. Yeah. He's a different presence. Yeah, but um, there was a whole angle. So Chris Sabin and Shocker were uh, teaming together. And I should mention, I don't know if I mentioned this, but there was a whole, in the impacts leading up to the show, there was the Chris Candido Cup because yeah. uh, we're only a few months past Chris Candido's passing. So it was a tag team tournament set up um, in his honor, which I actually like the concept because the, the whole premise of it, it was uh, like random teams, but you would have one guy who was like a veteran and one younger guy. And that's kind of what Chris Candido was known for, was going out of his way to help the younger guys. So I like that element of connecting it to Chris Candido. That goes really deep. I like that. Yeah. And um, so one team was Saban, the younger guy, and Shocker, the veteran. Um, But once they lost in the tournament, Shocker turned heel on Chris Saban, and then he just went away forever, I guess. But but the reason that Shocker is not here, according to Mike Tanay, is because I guess Shocker had a match in Mexico somewhere, like, I don't know, the day before or a few days before. Yeah. And according to Mike Tanay, it was logistically impossible to get him here for the pay-per-view. And it's like, all right, you know, <laughs> you know when the pay-per-view is like several yeah. weeks in advance because they taped the impacts probably a few weeks before this. Yeah. So they had times like that was a whole weird thing. You want to say backstage and he just they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'd rather Petey Williams wrestle than Shocker. Is probably what oh, they said. Of course. Let's let's make up an excuse. But it is what it is. But we get Petey Williams versus Chris Saban, which is another really good match. These guys again, and I think in the promo with Team Canada before, Petey mentioned that Petey and Saban trained together when they were just starting out. Like they had the same coach and everything. So again, clearly an innate chemistry between these two. Um, and I cry. so Saban comes out, then Petey Williams comes out, but for some fucking reason, they play Abyss's music. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yeah, TNA Impact has a tendency to do things like that <laughs> just shit the bed. Yeah, like I got like Bound for Glory, Steve Macklin came out, and the name tape, the nameplate said Trey Miguel. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Man, they just, um, it's their thing, I guess. Yeah. That's their thing because they would they, they that's not the first time that's happened, by the way. But usually no. it's like a music that you could like pass off as the guys, even if it's wrong. But this you have the the circus evil music of yeah. Abyss and you have little old Petey coming out. It's like and the crowd is confused as all hell. Yeah, they're chanting for Abyss. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's great. The music played the whole fucking as entrance like what? <laughs> let it play for a few seconds. Like maybe like, oh, hey, that's that's the wrong song. Um. But yeah, another really good match. These guys had a, a match, of, uh, I guess it's probably like a half a year ago at this point, at Turning Point 2004. And that was probably one of my favorite matches that I've I've seen since I've been doing these reviews. Yeah. Um, any Anything in particular about this match stick out to you? Nothing in particular. These two guys, um, future Hall of Famers. And by the way, uh, fun fact, Petey Williams actually just left Impact. And Did he? he yeah, he just had a uh, a tryout to be a, a a trainer at the PC for WWE. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And Chris Saban did it before. Saban did was he? there before. Yeah, he was a trainer there. Interesting. 
I, I had yeah. no idea. Um, both guys, I mean, you really can't say much about these guys other than they're just really damn good in the ring. P.D. Mm-hmm. Williams was one of my favorites back then because he had such a personality. Yeah. Everything that he did with... Uh, Scott Steiner. Exactly. Steiner. Yeah. And he would always just like move around to different... Kind of like, like EY, but it was just an entertaining, like fun match to watch everything he did. Right. Yeah. P.D. Williams is like... Like, I feel like he's just known for the Canadian destroyer. Yeah. But like, he's so solid outside of that. He's literally like Bret Hart good in the ring as far as like how smooth he is yep. and how like just technically gifted he is. It's, and I saw it's a few he's matches from him before, like a, a few months ago in Impact and didn't skip a beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's it's a shame going. now he's in an environment where his finisher is just a transition move now. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, really good match. I mean, these guys have faced each other a few times, like in this era, so they know each other very well. So that the story, I guess, is that they're countering each other pretty much throughout the entire match. Uh, Saban's countering the Canadian Destroyer. Petey's countering the Cradle Shock. And so they have to do moves that they normally wouldn't do. Like at one point, Saban just does this like sick cross powerbomb into the corner, just tosses yeah. Petey. Um, but towards the end, Saban goes for the Cradle Shock. Petey fights out or he keeps trying to fight out, but Saban's like, he has him on his shoulders and he's like ramming him into the corner. I love stuff like that when you're like really fighting to, to do a move, especially if it's a finisher. Exactly. Um, but Petey rakes his eyes to get out of it. So this causes Saban. He's like blind. So he like grabs the referee and like tries to give his finisher to the referee. <laughs> and then Petey tries to take advantage, but uh, Saban uh, recovers and is able to hit Petey with the cradle shock for yes. the win. One of my favorite matches of the entire card, by the way. Yeah, really good. Really good. I mean, you see it on paper. You know how good it's going to be. Yep. Um, But then that's ruined by Matt Bentley. (laughs) Um, Otherwise known as Michael Shane. Uh, He comes in and super kicks Saban after the match. Grabs a mic. Because Matt Bentley, he had been off TV for a while. So everybody, I guess, thought he was going to go to WWE. Yeah, because it's kind of a very WWE guy. I don't know how much you know about Michael Shane, Matt Bentley, but um, the cousin of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so naturally, the <laughs> thought could be like, oh, yeah, he's going to go join his cousin, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then Matt, he, he notes this. He's like, everybody thought I was bound for up north, but the only thing I'm bound for is glory. <laughs> Because it's a pay-per-view. It's pay-per-view next month. Um, so, and then he says, you can't have the biggest pay-per-view of all time without Ultimate X. So, I guess there's going to be an Ultimate X match at Bound for Glory, probably for the number one contendership for the yeah. t- X Division title or something. But, And I guess he won the first one. Matt Bentley did. So, sets him up for that. Bring so, um, yeah, you big Michael Shane slash Matt Bentley fan? Not really. Yeah, me neither. So next match. Um, <laughs> that was easy. You're like, damn, I don't. I hope he doesn't talk about it. <laughs> dude, if he's this dude, fuck it. He shows up in Ring of Honor too. all those shows I cover. It's like yeah. enough of this guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, something a little more interesting than Matt Bentley is Sabu versus Abyss. It's a... Uh, no disqualification match. Of course it is. Yeah, because what are we going to get a Greco-Roman cha- chain wrestling match between these two? Yeah, duh. You don't even yeah. need to say it. Um, so uh, J- 
James Mitchell, he cuts a promo before the match, basically says it's going to be no DQ. The lights go out. Sabu appears in the ring. Just very, very dramatic. And then they start going at it. Um, And this is this is one of two very chaotic hardcore matches on this show. Do you think that's like a mistake or are you okay with two matches that are kind of similar in that way on one card? Um, it has its positive and negatives because it, if like on the negative side, it will just flow into the other one. So people get like, they'll get them confused or they won't give it as much recognition as it deserves. Uh-huh. Um, but on the other hand, it gives it you so much to talk about, about the show. Yeah. Where it's almost a lead in where you'll talk about, Oh, this, you know, this no DQ match, blah, blah, blah. And then, Oh, but this one also did this, you know? Right. So it can do a lot for the pay-per-view, but I think naturally you'd want it to be different. Like let it, like, let it be for everyone, not just like one specific audience. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking like, I think they did a pretty good job at like, like this match had certain weapons used and yeah. then the later match had different weapons used. I don't think there was too much overlap within yeah. that sense. So, um, they differentiated it as much as they could, I suppose. But um, and then uh, Abyss also like has a unique way. Just because he's a bigger guy, has a unique yeah. way of doing his matches, right? Opposed to everybody else, at least in that time in TNA. Yeah, I think Sabu versus Abyss is a very different dynamic than Raven versus Rhino. Yeah, later in the show. So in that sense, it works as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, and so I, just about Sabu, real quick, like. I feel like when people think of Sabu, they think of the guy that botches all the time, the guy that runs up the ropes and trips or falls on his head or whatever. But he looked really good in this match, I thought. Yeah. I, I thought he was really smooth. Um, I don't know if he botched one single thing that I can remember. Like, there's one point where he does the old double jump moonsault off the chair, but he does it in a way where he jumps up to the rope does a 180 while he's standing on the rope and then jumps back into the ring to DDT abyss. Like that's incredible what this guy can do. If you look at like what he does in the ring, every match that he's in, I mean, of course you're not, you're not going to nail it all. So there are going to be botches, especially Mm -hmm. when you're an older dude like him. But despite the botches, I mean, Sabu is Sabu. Yeah, no, he's um, great in this match and really great. in the few matches I've seen him in, He's been really good. Like I always say that Sean Waltman had some of his best matches ever in TNA. And you could probably say something similar about Sabu here. Absolutely. Um, Especially in these type of matches. I mean, you can't go wrong in a a no DQ match with with Abyss. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's the spots in this match. I mean, at one point, Abyss does a belly to belly on Sabu from inside inside the ring to outside the ring through two setup tables. Exactly. Kind of goes through. It goes through like one of them. The other one falls, but it's fine. It looks good. Um, and then another point, uh, so Sabu chair shots, a lot of them in this match, the way Sabu, I mean, he, he has that down to a T the science of throwing a chair and hitting the guy flat on the head. And I love the sound it makes too. Yeah. I was about to say, it just rings throughout. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Little CTE here, little CTE (laughs) there. Uh, yes. Perfect. (laughs) But, um, at one point, a table set up in the ring. Um, Sabu, after one of these chair shots, he hits Abyss in the face with a chair, and then Abyss kind of leans over the table, and this allows Sabu to hit the Arabian face buster with the chair through the table. Um, 
takes Sabu a while to make the pin because he just went through a table, which yeah. is uh, logical. Uh, so he finally makes the pin, but Abyss is able to get to the ropes and James Mitchell puts his foot on the rope for him. Um, and also throughout this match, there's a big we want thumbtacks chant. Um, <laughs> and by God, they gave it to you him. Gotta get him. <laughs> oh, they popped hard. They popped hard. The way like it cracked me up because James Mitchell, he like pulls up the ring skirt so that Abyss can grab the bag. And the way James Mitchell just like he hears the chants of we want thumbtacks. He's yep. like like a magician just like he's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i got you he's another um, one that's just so damn good at what he does i mean oh he, he was perfect for a bit abyss too yeah um so abyss pulls out the black bag and it's not legos it's not rice it's thumbtacks Thumb a uh lays it out oh the way abyss just lays the thumbtacks out it looks like a like a little sheet like yeah. one clean sheet this is so so pretty looking um <laughs> And then Abyss tries to choke slam Sabu through these tacks, but Sabu fights back. You have a little back and forth, like oh, who's gonna fall in the in the tacks? Um, Abyss goes for that double springboard DDT again, this time into the tacks, but Abyss catches him right into a black hole slam onto the tacks, and that gives Abyss the win. So really clean, fin- really good finish. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just entertaining throughout. I thought absolutely. But. Uh, Backstage, we're with Shane Douglas interviewing Alex Shelley. And uh, apparently nobody knows where Sean Waltman is because Alex Shelley and Sean Waltman were the winners of that Chris Candido Cup. Yeah. And they earned a tag title shot on this show. And so they were the fourth team in this four team match later in the show. Um, But nobody knows where Waltman is. And Alex Shelley cuts this whole promo. He's like... If, if, if Sean Waltman understands the meaning of this cup and what it would have meant to Chris Candido, so I know he'll show up. And then Mike Tanay even goes in. He's like, you would think in honor of Chris Candido, who went out of his way to help younger talent, that Sean Waltman would be here. Yep. I, I, the whole time watching this, I'm like, is, is this a work or is this like Sean Weird. Waltman being a heel? <laughs> you know, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that he just no showed? I don't know. I mean, it's all like guessing at this point, but I would, I want to say that it wasn't real, that it was part of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, just to kind of build maybe towards something. Um, cause if it was real, I don't think they'd talk about it like that on the show. Possibly. Or maybe they just want to shit on X-Pac for not showing up. Could be. Who knows? (laughs) TNA, you can never really tell. Exactly. Um, by the way, that commentary team. Oh, the best. The best. I, I talk about it pretty much every time I review TNA, how good they are. Yep. Because you have like Mike Tanay, who has all the knowledge, and then Don West. I remember Don West getting shit on a lot back Always. then. Always. But I'm watching this now. It's like this dude, this dude loves what he's watching. Like his energy is amazing. Like, why did anybody dislike this guy? <laughs> and him and him and Tanay, they both have a, like a distinguished voice where like Tanay's higher pitched, and you got like, I don't know, just it's a great dynamic when you're watching a match especially like a high intensity match like any of anything on this card really yeah yeah and i feel like yeah whenever i hear their commentary i believe that they're invested in what's going on yep and i think that's that's key but um after that we have bobby rude 
versus Jeff Hardy. Two guys that are still going at it today. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if they had any WWE matches, they probably have at some point. They probably say barely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just hanging on by a thread. At least Jeff Hardy is. Bobby Roode, I feel like, is just as good now as he was then. I don't know Uh, why he's not in a position. It is baffling. (laughs) Like, he's... I don't know, man. It's, it's like almost like they don't want to take a guy that had success outside of WWE and capitalize on it. They even change his name like to Robert. Like, I, I don't know. And you don't have to do the glorious character either. Just do something. Do, like, keep what he has now, but let it grow. Like, I always talk about on Twitter or, or whatever when I see him and, and Ziggler on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, have, some, have like Ziggler turn on him or someone. He turns on Ziggler. Do a feud between them two. Builds them both up, and then you could put him wherever you want. Yes, but that would be logical. Logic, exactly. So, it's like they didn't. It's like they haven't even tried with him. It's not like they tried it and it didn't work. Like they brought him in. I guess they did kind of try initially, because but they brought him in as like a baby face and put the U.S. title on him, and then that was it immediately. And immediately. It, his whole thing was like, "Hey, look how fun my entrance is. It's a cheer for me when his his strength is being a douchey heel." Yep. which he did do in TNA. He actually did go by Robert Roode in TNA for a bit. Yeah. Um, but he was a great heel in TNA. And a little I bit mean, he did in NXT. I mean, he was a, a great heel in NXT and it was amazing. Just literally just do what he did in NXT. He'd be at least at the very least a great mid card champion. Yeah. Like I, I see him being able to do what Miz did with the intercontinental championship but on an even higher level. Absolutely. But you know, just keep him in the background, I guess. Yeah. Um, dirty dogs. <laughs> The Dirty Dogs. I kind of like the Dirty Dogs, honestly. Yeah. Um, I do like that they're finally getting some spotlight and not just jobbing to Dominic Mysterio every week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now they're on a new brand. So yeah, Doing new new like. brand, new me. <laughs> Let's shake things up again. Yeah. Um, but but here we got Bobby Roode versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, this match is kind of to me it was kind of whatever. I mean, yeah, it was solid. It wasn't a bad match, but it didn't really have me gripped at any point. This is kind of a weird period for Jeff Hardy, I think, yeah. in his life. I don't know if he was super invested in what he was doing. Um, Bobby Roode, I'm sure was. I mean, you could, even the way commentary is talking about him, like he's going to be the next big thing, which he does eventually they become world champion there. They always did that with, with Roode. Yeah, it took a while, yeah. but he got there. Um, but uh, the end, because Bobby Roode is Team Canada of course. And there's one point where, uh, so Jeff Hardy hits a, a whisper in the wind. Uh, he goes to the top for a swanton, but Petey Williams comes out to distract him, And this allows Bobby Roode to superplex him from the top. Um, Jeff Hardy, I guess he rolls to the outside and Petey tries to do the Canadian destroyer onto Hardy on the outside, but Hardy fights out of it. But as Hardy tries to get back in the ring, Jeff Jarrett comes out. And hits Hardy in the back of the head with a Canadian flag wrapped hockey stick. It rolls Hardy in and uh, Bobby Roode just picks the bones and gets the win. So it's kind of a a uh, reference from the pre-show segment. I guess when Hardy and Jarrett were going at it. So there's a little bit of revenge here. Um, so yeah, Roode gets the win. And uh, yeah. TNA does this weird thing where they have like a bunch, like a, like a million... Uh interruptions in their matches for i i don't know a lot always some making sense and some you're like why yes yeah, i feel like and it's never one person 
I was about to say you could have had like just PD or just Jeff Jarrett, but yeah. to have the whole <laughs> like everyone the runs whole out. Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> but um but after that, we have the NWA World Tag Team titles on the line. It's a four-way elimination match. So we have the champions, the naturals versus naturals. America's most wanted versus Team Canada. So A1 and Eric Young. And versus what was supposed to be Alex Shelley and Sean Waltman. But it's just uh, just Alex Shelley coming out here. So I guess Sean Waltman doesn't care about uh, people yeah, or whatever. Whatever Mike Tanay said um, <laughs> this match. I mean, the main like takeaway, I guess, is Alex Shelley out there by himself because the other three teams have been like feuding. You know, they pair off for several yeah. months like these two would feud and these two would. Feud. And so it's kind of all culminated to this one. It made sense. It yeah, made the sense. build was was good to it. Um, but the, the beginning portion, because it's an elimination match. So the beginning part, Alex Shelley's in the match. He's kind of getting beat on by everybody because he has no partner. But um, Johnny Candido is ringside. I think he's the brother of Chris Candido, right? Um, I guess he wrestled for a bit. I don't think he was like a full-time wrestler by any means, um, judging by what he did. But he gets on the apron. <laughs> he hops the barricade. Johnny Candido does. He gets on the apron. He tells Shelley to tag him in. So I guess that's how it works. You can just hop the barricade, get on the apron. As long as you're holding yeah, the tag like, rope. Tag me. Yeah. yeah, I'm in this now. Um, but uh, Johnny Candido gets tagged in. Uh, he's a house of fire. He's 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 hot tagging. He's he's knocking out everybody. Everybody's getting in the ring. Johnny's giving everybody's forearms and clotheslines. He gives somebody like a karate kick of some sort, which <laughs> is uh, not the best one I've ever seen. But, you know, it worked. Um he gives a one. I think he gives a one a roundhouse kick. He goes to leap over EY in the corner, but gets a low blowed. And Eric Young rolls him up and eliminates Johnny Candido and Alex Shelley. Um, and then the rest of the match. I don't know. Is it just me or did the rest of the matches feel disorganized? Um, not not like disorganized. It just didn't like it didn't flow properly. Yeah, something didn't click. Yeah, for whatever reason. Which is why, like, it's almost like why I wonder if Sean Waltman not being there was like a a true thing. Like, did that throw things off that as far as like, like how this could, match is supposed to go? You, now you're saying it like that. It could be. Right. Uh, we have to find out somehow. I don't know how you would find out. but We'll do the research. Somebody yeah. get on that. Somebody call in if you know. Um, but uh, yeah, an A1's in there. Another reason maybe things didn't click. A1 <laughs> fucking is the he's the shits like. He's he's just a, a jacked up dude. Probably looks good in an eight by ten. But uh, I mean, there are a lot of p- parts in this match where you can <laughs> they're like screaming spots at each other. I don't know if you picked <laughs> it up, but it's like that's like uh, nobody knows what to do. It, it, I don't know what happens here. So they Team Canada, <laughs> they got through it. Um, an- another hockey stick comes into play because they're Canadian after all. Yeah. Um, a one. So Chris Harris is going for a suplex on the Eric Young. A1 gets in there, hits Harris in the back with a hockey stick, and then Eric Young rolls him up. So America's Most Wanted is eliminated. Eric Young's just taking out everybody. Um, So now it's just the Naturals and Team Canada. Um, Eric Young goes to the top rope to hit some sort of elbow or something, but Jimmy Hart, who, by the way, is the manager of the Naturals, because why wouldn't he be? Um, 
Jimmy Hart gets up there, shoves Eric Young off the top rope, and Eric Young lands crotch first on the ropes. The, the sell that Eric Young does from landing crotch first on the ropes. He's like like a dead fish. Like, it's yeah. amazing. Um, then the Naturals hit the Natural Disaster on A1 for the win. So Naturals get the win here. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on this one? Not really. It was... Uh... It was entertaining at the beginning, and then it kind of just got lost in the middle. Yeah, and you kind of just like, expected, like at that point, like the Naturals are gonna were gonna retain, like they're just gonna, you know, like it wasn't. I don't think it was what the fans at the time expected to, it to be. Yeah, it felt like yeah, it's like almost it didn't build to anything. It things yeah. just kind of happened, and they had that build for a while, like you said, all those different mm-hmm. matches, and it just like kind of petered out. Yeah. yeah. Um. But after that, we have a Ravens rules match for the NWA World Heavyweight title. So we got the champion Raven versus Rhino. Uh, Rhino cuts a promo before the match because he had just recently got here um, from WWE. And Rhino's like, no more Hollywood bitches telling me how to show emotion. Uh, (laughs) He says, Raven, I got one word for you. And that's pain. <laughs> Such good. He's a good promo. This, this I, I love your, nar- your narration. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and this is a, uh, a rematch of one of my favorite matches. So Backlash 2001, they had a hardcore match, which is a great match. Yeah. Um, and this is essentially a hardcore match here. So and a lot of callbacks to that match too, like the finish specifically. I mean, TNA did a, a thing like that. Like they always, they would pick the pieces they liked of other things, specifically WWE stuff, mm-hmm. and just like elaborate on that. They always did it. They still do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, pizza cutters, beer kegs, kendo sticks, staple guns, shopping carts. I mean, this match had it all. I mean, yeah. were there any spots like in particular that stuck out to you? Uh, n- honestly, no, because. It was all. It was consistent. There yeah. wasn't like like it wasn't like uh, the Abyss and Sabu match where like you have all this stuff and then all of a sudden there's tax and like they have this huge like reversal into the tax. Like oh my god, yeah. it, the whole match was oh my god. Like it's just every everything from the start to the finish. You you kind of know what to expect with Rhino and in a match with Raven under his own rules. I mean you know what you're getting, so the fans are expecting the brutality. It just. It, it was great. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, pizza cutter from Raven to Rhino, busting him open. I mean, both these guys are pouring blood by the end of it. Yeah. Um, let's see here what happens. So Rhino, he introduces a ladder to the match. Rhino hits Raven with a ladder to the gut, um, sets up a chair in the middle of the ring. So he kind of has one end of the ladder on the chair and the other end uh, up against the turnbuckle, I guess. Uh, but Raven ends up hitting a power bomb to Rhino through the ladder, which looks brutal because it's not like WWE where it's like <laughs> they're like held together by gum, seemingly like this yeah. looked like a real ladder that like bent. Um, but towards the end, Raven goes outside. I'm sorry, Rhino goes outside, grabs the shopping cart that Raven used to bring in all the weapons, weapons. into the match. Uh, Rhino just takes the shopping cart and just tosses it into the ring, which is impressive in its own right. Um, but the famous spot from Backlash 2001, 
was at the end of that match, Rhino went for a gore onto Raven, but Rhino went like through the shopping cart, like <laughs> through the end of it, like all the way yeah. through the back of it, which is a great like imagery. And they teased it here. So Rhino went for the gore. Raven evades, but Rhino stops himself before he goes through the shopping cart. Raven charges Rhino, but Rhino gets out of the way. So Rhino goes for another gore. Raven again gets out of the way, but this time Rhino goes headfirst into the shopping cart. Doesn't go through it as cleanly as he did uh, a few years before, but still looked pretty brutal. Um, but as if this, this isn't enough shenanigans, Jeff Jarrett comes out and because uh, why wouldn't he? He tries to knock out Raven with his uh, NWA belt. But then Jeff Hardy comes out and uh, <laughs> grabs the belt from Jarrett and they start brawling again. Like, and it I mean, becomes a tag team match. <laughs> and then the League of Nations interfering. Like, no, um, then uh, Raven hits the, uh, the Raven effect DDT to Jarrett and then hits it on Rhino. Raven retains. Uh, yeah, like, like like we said, it was a, uh, a hardcore, you know, it was a bloodbath, but yeah. I think it was just different enough than Sabu than Abyss. So, yeah, I think the difference between the two, this one was more of an like extreme, like hardcore yeah. match. Sabu and Abyss was more like a gory, like, like violent horror movie type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, but now we're here. Time for one of the best triple threat matches of all time, according to a lot of people. Um, so you you have seen this match, right? Yeah. I, I what was the last time you saw it? For me, it's probably been like ten years or so since I've seen this match. Um, I saw it a few, I think, a few weeks ago, or maybe a few months ago. I follow uh, Impact on Twitch. I don't know if you do. And they right, have yeah. a 24 hour sh- stream of all TNA impact yeah. matches. And it was on there once and I caught it like towards the, like towards the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And again, just an awe. Well, we're going to start it right from the beginning here. So you have the, uh, the YouTube link, right? Yeah. Let me just pull it up. Sweet. All right. So I'm going to set it to zero, zero. All right. I'm going to say three, two, one play, and then we'll get at it. Cool. All right, three, two, one, play. It was so hard not to watch this the other day when I was watching the uh, <laughs> the show. The X Factors. So yeah, Samoa is still undefeated at this point. Daniels is champion. Super X Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a common thing. I guess in that period where they were doing like the TV show on uh, on their website, they had a lot of like tournaments to fill time. Yeah. So there weren't a lot of like storyline kind of plots that you would miss if you missed the. Uh, the I TV still show. believe in that sign. Samoa Joe is pro wrestling. Yes, absolutely. This is like peak Samoa Joe here. Seriously. You know, that is one of my favorite stages of all time. Yeah. The tunnel. Oh, I love it. I like that they're on different ends of the uh, arena. Yep. AEW kind of does that. Because I they, like. They took, they took that idea. 
Yeah, <laughs> of course they, they did. did. It's like one of those things where if you think about it too hard, like like why would two guys who are trying to kill each other, why would they come from the same entrance? Yeah, So I kind of like that element of it. Got the phenomenal one coming out here. One of the best ever. I love his TNA theme too. Yeah. He had a couple of them and they were they were I think they were both good. Yeah, he had like a like a more upbeat rap version. Yeah. After this. But yeah, all these guys are like in their peak like physical state, which is just like and they're like just different enough but also so good. So funny seeing AJ Styles with short hair. Yeah. It's funny. That was like, they used to be his whole thing. It used to be weird to see him with long hair. Yeah. And this guy. Christopher Daniels. He's still going at it too, right? He, he's just showed back up in Impact. Yeah. He, I think he's done there now. He was doing the crossover with AEW. Because he's with okay. AEW. He'll probably continue to wrestle. Yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, it's also, I mean, we should know that this is the main event of a pay-per-view, which I think is the first time they ever did that main evented with the X division title. Yeah. Fallen Barbie. It's a great sign. Kind of young. They all were. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Their necklaces are very 2005. Yep. And I missed that ring, too. Six sides? Yep. Yeah. You always hear from wrestlers that it's like a pain in the ass to wrestle in. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. If you're, if you're TNA, that definitely sets you apart. Do the little ring introductions here. Making it feel like a big deal. I always hated this ref, by the way. I don't know why. I forget what his name is. Let me see. see it's like so over dramatic usually in these matches. Longest reigning next division champion in TNA history, Jeremy wow. Boris says. It's hard to believe. He's with WWE now too, Jeremy. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? I think he's he's with, he's in Orlando at NXT. Is he still there? He's not one of the guys that got laid off. No, he's there. That's good to hear. He uh, he does a lot of their video stuff, a lot of their promos, or not promos, uh, like vignettes and stuff. Right, right. I think he was a big part of that in TNA too. And he did one of the cinematic matches. I think he, it might have been. I don't know. I don't know which one he did. <clears throat> might have been the Boneyard. I'm not sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Daniel's getting pinballed by the other two. 
Oh, no, AJ. I feel like Joe has you on the kicks. Seriously. Damn. Christ. Poor Daniels. He's like, how many more? <laughs> like, we just got started. <laughs> A little total elimination. Is that what, is that what it's called? Yeah. From, uh, that one tag team. Look how, look how much the crowd is into it already. Yeah. This crowd was pretty hot the entire night. Oh, Commentary is really into it, too. Oh, I thought he was going for a little yes lock there. Holy shit. Jesus, he's going to rip his arm off. Yeah. All the photographers ringside. What's that? All the photographers ringside. Oh yeah, yeah. Do they still have those? I don't even see them anymore. Yeah, I think they do. They've gotten good at kind of letting them blend into the background. <clears throat> His forearms from Joe are blistering again kudos to commentary yeah oh man A little bulldog Inziguri combo. Like I already, I feel like this match is super innovative for the time. Yep. It's got to be hard to like call a, a triple threat, like planning what <clears throat> you're gonna do. Yeah. I feel like you always have to have one guy on the outs. Yeah, like how but this match I feel like might have been an exception. I think it's why it's so good, like how they were able to seamlessly kind of all fight each other at the same time. I think these guys had like a rematch too. Was it at Bound for Glory? I don't remember. It might have been. A few months after. I know they did it again like five years later or whatever. It was when it was like Nation of Violence, Joe. There was a match. Uh, Vengeance 2002. Mm -hmm. It was the main event for the WWE title. It was The Rock versus Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker. Yes. And it's one of my favorite matches of all time. And it's because it's just like this. Yeah. It was I, yeah. all three of them going at it the entire time. Yeah, Using each other's I, finishers, whatnot. I mean, it was just like right. this. A good triple threat match is like, because even, what was it? John Cena versus Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. That one was Royal amazing. Rumble. That was, what Another, was that? Royal yeah. Rumble or Battle, something like that, right? It was uh, Rumble, I believe. Rumble. I want to say like 2018, maybe. Yeah. 
His face washes. Gotta be brutal. A little pounce from Daniels. This match is just full of like clips that you see just like all the time now. Seriously. Daniels because WWE has the catalog, the TNA catalog. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of Impact Plus and just put it all on, on Peacock. Look at that. Got a little Gretchen Wilson ad in the background. <laughs> Did you ever check out that album? Oh, God. A little shooting star press with Gretchen Wilson in the background. It's crazy when you think of the time, like, like that shooting star. I mean, it's definitely impressive, but it's almost like commonplace to see that kind of stuff now. Yeah. But in 2005, that was like, couldn't even wrap your head around it. It's crazy to me how TNA wasn't bigger than it was. Yeah, I think at some point they just kind of like went in idle like they didn't like. Because at this point, they are trying to be different. Yeah. Like, like this, what they we're were. seeing now. Yeah, they were. At some point, they got some. They were just like, how many WWE guys can we get? And let's just. And if, if you think about it, too, like, how many homegrown superstars did they make who are like huge guys today? <clears throat> yeah. These three in particular. I mean, AJ Styles is one of the best of all time. Yeah. If you look at WWE's roster today, I mean, how many of them came from Impact or TNA? Yeah. It's full of TNA and ROH now. Yep. Yeah, this match is like such a high pace. It's like they're just now starting to slow down a bit. Probably it's not going to last long, though. You know what's crazy about them, too? They, there's nothing theatrical about the way they look. Like right. how you would see superstars oh. today with all this like crazy gear and all, everything. Like yeah. It's just like generic stuff. <clears throat> it's just about the wrestling. Yep. I feel like that's what the wrestling world wanted at this point. They were kind yep. of getting burnt out on the WWE kind of gimmicky stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Got some air on that. That's what makes AJ so good. Even like simple things like that, he just elevates to it. Yep. Make it look devastating. Guys got it. Guy's got hops. I feel like Samoa Joe can kill anybody. <laughs> it's probably a fact. It's like some stuff he does, it's not even meant to look pretty. It's just meant to hurt. No, it just it like hurts me just looking at it. <laughs> Oh, right into the choke. <clears throat> what do we got here? A little spiral tap. Yeah, yeah. Lands it perfectly, of course, because he's AJ Styles. 
Yep. Just bounces off of them. Oh. All jacked up. <laughs> it's a good album. <laughs> Should have been the pay-per-view theme song. Seriously. I think a year from now they use uh, Fozzie for Bound for Glory. I think that's like one of the first times or maybe one of the only times ever <laughs> they use like a real song. Crowd's still red hot for this. I feel like they're they're into each guy. Yep. And you like like we were talking about before. You got a, a great like dynamic of each guy getting their spots in. Yeah. You got like a high flyer in AJ, the powerhouse in Joe, and then like the technician in Daniels. Yep, and it's like a, it's flowing so well, and like it. Like, you can see, like, each guy has a chance. Like, oh, he might win. Yeah, yeah. It's not one-sided. Although Samoa Joe is whooping that ass. Face wash to an upside-down Daniels. Good night. This is awesome. This is before it was so like bastardized, like every match. Holy, that was a three. I love a good atomic drop. Don West is losing his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Samoa Joe is so damn good. I can't. Yeah. I can't stop saying it. Seamless. Oh my god! <laughs> he hit it. Wow, Jesus! Daniels is a strong boy. Death Valley drivered Samoa Joe like it was nothing. Beautifully, too. And the X Division today is still going so strong. Yeah. Yeah, Bound for Glory. It was a great match as well. I'm a big Ace Austin guy. Me too. I interviewed him last year. Yeah. And uh, he was such a cool guy. I bet. What a spot by Samoa Joe. There we go. <laughs> Wow. It's funny seeing the crowd, like how long ago it was. <laughs> yeah. You can see yeah, the style right. changes from everybody. Like, <laughs> the 
baggy shirts and the yeah. jean shorts, the visors. <laughs> oh man, Don West loves this. Always loses his voice at the end of the show. As he should. Muscle buster time. Got your nose. Oh my God. No way. <laughs> Insane. I don't even know what you call that. Double belly to belly off the top rope. I don't know what you call that. It's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. Easily Samoa Joe is the MVP. Yeah, I think so. But you can make an argument for either one. Seriously. Oh, my God. Oh, God. What a <laughs> Is he going to get the muscle buster? Mus muscle buster. <laughs> muscle buster. Muscle buster. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Got it. Daniel's still being the heel, trying to use the belt. Fuck off, Andrew Thomas. <laughs> oh, that was so smooth. How did he not see it? It's Inziguri the belt right into his face. I don't know if you can hear the background noise. My neighbor's like having a fiesta all of a sudden. That's <laughs> okay. I couldn't tell if that was you or me. Like it just started a few minutes ago. I'm like, what is that? It's literally it sounds adds. like a fiesta is happening. It adds to it. Salsa music playing. <laughs> oh. Damn. Everything Daniels does is like perfect. You know what I'm realizing now? Michael Cole tries to sound like Mike today. <laughs> I can see it. Just the way he like speaks. Yeah, Mike today has more of like a genuine nature yes, to he what does. he says. 
little BME action. Boom. Boom. Nails it perfectly as always. Joe just punches him right in the nipples. Oh. Crossroads. Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you going to tell me that Christopher Daniels created AEW? <laughs> it all started here. Look at the, con the conspiracy theories. <laughs> What a, an amazing match. Backflip into the DDT classic. Yeah, I wonder if these guys know, like, as it's happening, how good this match is. I'm sure they do. I mean, they, they have ears, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Samoa Joe's out. He's recovering. Waiting for his spot. He's waiting to pounce. Not the pounce, but he's going to pounce. Ooh, little open hand palm strike action. A lot of on the top rope action this match. Yeah. But it is the X Division, so. Well, it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits, you see. Oh my god, AJ Styles! And just to think, maybe only like maybe an hour, two hours ago, we were watching Billy Gunn and Monty Brown <laughs> trance around the ring. You know what's crazy, too? This is a match that we can actually see today. Yeah. It's possible. That'd Beautiful. be interesting. Be very different. Yeah. SDFU. <laughs> I think this is like right before Cena started doing it. Or maybe he was doing it at this point. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't remember I when he started doing that. I think Samoa Joe does it a little better. It was around that 2005, 2006 time. I think he did it to Chris Masters. I think it's the first time he did it. So whenever that is a thing. Oh, the sweat Damn. just flies off his chest. Seriously, how great is that? Pele. Out of nowhere! Pinpoint accuracy. Good God almighty. God. Oh my God. <laughs> AJ freaking stuff. What <laughs> the hell was that? The torture act F5. Yeah. <laughs> Powerbomb slam driver. 
You think AJ Styles squats? It's got to be incredible. AJ Styles can do anything. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. It's cool. crazy. The X Division title match a few pay-per-views ago was Christopher Daniels versus Shocker. And now we got this. Styles Clash. Styles Clash, got it. Man, I know who wins this match, and I jumped at that because I thought that was it. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I was about to. <clears throat> Samoa Joe out of the ring. By God. The real question is, who's having a fiesta at 5 o'clock on <laughs> It's not even Taco Tuesday. No. And I can't tell if it's the neighbor next to me or under me. Because I'm on the top level, so it's not someone above me. <laughs> you should go join after this. Seriously. Probably got some really good food going on there. Probably. A little poke to the eye, that dastardly heel. Angel's wings? Nope. Oh, wait, AJ Styles wins this? I thought Daniels won. Shit. Wow. Look at Daniel's face. Like he's like, what happened? <laughs> Smojo still undefeated, I guess. Technically. Five-time X Division champion. I feel like this match is like when TNA starts. Yeah, and, and it's these guys who put it on the, you know, put it so high up. Yeah, for sure. I know at some point AJ and <clears throat> AJ and Daniels team up. Yeah. I think it's around the time when uh, LAX, Homicide, and Hernandez get there. And Joe's within a year, or I guess a little over a year, he's headbutting Kurt Angle in the middle of the ring. Yep. Just off to the races after that. Busting them open. Mike Tanay is still just busting a nut over there. Yeah. Can't blame him, though. What a way to end a pay-per-view. Samoa Joe's still ready to fight. <laughs> He's ready to go 30 more minutes. Man, that was, that was some good shit. I had high expectations going into it, but that pretty much met him. That was an amazing match. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely holds up. 
Like even even by today's standards, like if you saw that on AEW, people would still lose their minds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you could do something similar. I mean, you could use Christopher Daniels, and you can use AJ, and you can use Samoa Joe. Yeah. Although all the companies, I mean. Yeah, they'll all find their way to. Maybe they'll all find their way to the same company one day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's unbreakable. 2005. Any other uh, final thoughts? Excellent pay per view. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. You can't break the X division. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great matches. I love how they use TNA and even Impact today. They they have this great way of using their talent. Like they use who they have. Mm-hmm. And they make it like memorable. Yeah. Or at least try to. Yeah. They, they, they don't let guys like Robert Rude just sit and waste on the sidelines. They, they use guys like even earlier, like David Young and Elix Skipper. Like they saw value in them and tried something with them, which ultimately yeah. didn't really work. But, you know. But you know what? You only find out if you try it. Exactly. Exactly. Testing but, it uh, in a tryout with no one watching is way different. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, totally agree. TNA at this point is definitely hitting their stride. I mean, it's a few pay-per-views in a row now that I've that I've covered that have been really, really good. And I think they only get better. They do. Um, at least for a few years, they do. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, man. Uh, yeah, once again, thank you for uh, making the time to, to join me on here and to uh, watch the show, to watch the main event here. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Where can everybody find you and listen to you? Yeah, so uh, I'm the host of the Angle Podcast. You can check me out. Uh, at the angle radio that's all the social platform or all the social handles at the angle radio twitter instagram facebook youtube tiktok all that good stuff or you can go to the and check out everything there it's kind of the home base um i do interviews belt reviews prediction and preview shows review uh, uh post shows everything for pro wrestling you can kind of find uh at the angle radio angle podcast hell yeah Everything you need is right there. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How's TikTok doing, by the way? I've been thinking about starting a TikTok. You know, it's it's difficult for what we do because right. I mean, it's not to a point. I try to upload things like the clips of my interviews. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like formatting to, yeah. to fit the the TikTok you know screen. Right. Um, but other than that, I mean. You grow really fast. That's it's, good to hear. Yeah. Just got and to it's do the a, place to be right now. It's the AEW of social media. <laughs> well, <laughs> in that case, maybe I'll, I won't do that. But yeah, thanks again for... Uh, <laughs> well, once again, thank you to Not Samoa Joe for joining me <laughs> on this. For, uh, for joining me on this awesome, awesome episode. A legendary event. And uh, real fun time. So hope you all enjoyed it. I will continue to um, kind of do this for these matches where, you know, you can talk about it. You could recap it, but you can't really match the uh, the emotions and kind of getting the firsthand uh, reactions from people and watching these legendary matches. So but hey, you had a little triple threat. You have you have a little couple hardcore matches, a little Team Canada, a little little lack of Sean Waltman, little Sean Waltman no show. I mean, this show has everything, let me tell you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that's all I got for you as my cat. Now, now both cats are here. 
It's full circle, folks. In the intro, it was my fat ass cat, Dwayne. And now Rock has joined me on the desk. Hey, we got it. Here, let me see. She always clams up. When... We got to say to the people. Huh? What? Say a little something. Nothing? All right. Well, fuck you then. I'm just kidding. You're adorable. Who's my little? Who's my little man's? Who's my little man's? Oh, fuck, this microphone's still on. Um, I guess I should probably end this, huh? Uh, <laughs> apronbump.com for all my full episodes. If you like these type of episodes, uh, go to apronbump.com, hit the episodes tab, select TNA, and that'll bring you to all my TNA episodes that I've done thus far, starting from the very first three-hour pay-per-view, Victory Road 2004, up till now, kind of approaching a year worth of TNA at this point, so... Lots and lots of content there. Go check it out and all my other episodes. Check me out on YouTube, on social media. All that info in the description. Kiss your mother. Wash your ass. Don't talk on speakerphone when you're in public. And, um, yeah. If you do those things, you'll be pretty golden. So, um, yeah. I'm hard. Yeah. Walk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I guess let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is.